We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And away we go. Episode 741 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, January 16th, 2024, and it is official. Adam Peters is the commander's new general manager. The team made the announcement on Monday evening. We have an introductory press conference on Tuesday afternoon at 2. Also official, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, a product of Gonzaga College High School in Washington, D.C., is entering the 2024 NFL Draft. The deadline for underclassmen to enter the 2024 Draft was Monday. Uh, Williams, for whatever reason, uh, waited until Monday to make the announcement, but he made the announcement. So the Commanders, with their number two overall pick in the 2024 draft, now are officially guaranteed getting Caleb Williams or North Carolina quarterback Drake May if the Commanders so choose to take either player. Uh, And also official, (laughs) the NFC East is done for the 2023 NFL season, thanks to the Philadelphia Eagles 32-9 loss at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night to conclude Super Wild Card Weekend, which ended up being not so super for the NFC East. What a collapse by the Eagles. They were 10-1 and through 11 games in the regular season. The Eagles ended up losing six of their final seven games, regular season and postseason. And yeah, the NFC East, per stats perform, the 2023 NFC East is the first division in NFL history to have two teams, each with 11 wins during the regular season, each lose the team's first game that postseason by at least 15 points. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Uh, Lots of snow where I live, uh, perhaps lots of snow where you live. Uh, The commanders on X on Monday night put out a video of Adam Peters and his family arriving via plane in the snow in the Washington, D.C. area. But no matter the weather, Adam Peters officially is the commander's general manager. Uh, As I posted on X on Monday evening, he is the first executive for the team with the title of general manager to actually have final say on football operations since Charlie Casserly, who was the team's GM from June 1989 through August 1999. It is amazing that it took this long for the team to get back to the uh, classic GM head coach setup. And hmm, I wonder what else happened with the team in 1999. Oh yeah, a certain someone bought the team in May 1999. Anyway, next segment, a terrific guest, the radio play-by-play announcer for the Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Uh, And we are going to go in-depth 
on the team's hiring of Adam Peters, the head coaching search, uh, and more. And the more includes the future of interior defensive lineman Jonathan Allen with the Commanders and what truly went wrong for Rod Rivera as Commanders head coach this season. Bram has an interesting theory. Uh, I've known Bram for years. What I respect about Bram as much as anything is that while he is the Commanders radio play-by-play announcer, he's not some puppet for the team. Uh, He's not just some houseman. He tells it like it is. You know, so many play-by-play announcers for teams are afraid to have opinions and never say anything critical. Bram's not like that. Uh, Now, he's a lifelong fan of the team, and he is the radio play-by-play announcer for the team. But Bram speaks truth, just as we on this podcast speak truth. Uh, And what you're going to get from Bram next segment is honest, sober conversation and analysis. Uh, But Bram, like me, and like I know so many of you, very happy with the hiring of Adam Peters. Uh, Also on the show, I will talk Wizards, uh, who on Monday afternoon lost to the worst team in the NBA, the Detroit Pistons. A new indignity for our tanking Wizards. They got ripped by the NBA worst Pistons 129-117 at Capital One Arena on Monday afternoon. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. I have gotten a lot of feedback reveling <laughs> in the demise of the Dallas Cowboys of their 48-32 home loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday in the wild card round in a game that was 48-16 in the fourth quarter. So that final score, 48-32, doesn't even tell the true story of that game. You know, you people are not very nice. You shouldn't need others to feel bad in order <laughs> to feel good. Email from Dr. Philip C., the MD, writes, Philip, I don't think that I've ever <laughs> enjoyed watching Dallas lose more than watching that game. Thank you, Dr. Philip. Email from Murph, writes, Murph, I hope that Dak had some leftover turkey in the locker room. Hate them boys. Uh, thank you for that email, Murph. Yeah. It was hard not to wonder if there wasn't some karma in play with how the Cowboys season ended off how they humiliated our team on Thanksgiving in that uh, oh-so-hideous commander's loss at the Cowboys, 45-10 this past November 23rd. What was Thanksgiving in a game in which multiple Cowboys players ate turkey legs in the fourth quarter, as in before the game was over. Yeah, perhaps some karma was in play on Sunday. As our good friend Taylor Swift, as our good friend Tay-Tay likes to say, karma, karma is a god. Karma is the breeze in my hair on the weekend. Karma is a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you, it's not. Think about those words from Tay Tay. Sing to him, Tay Tay. <laughs> yeah, you see, those lyrics from Tay Tay, they were not meant for uh, one of her ex boyfriends. No, those lyrics were meant. For the Cowboys. And no, I was not about to actually sing those lyrics. I let Tay-Tay do the singing. Uh, Email from David Hilliard in Elkton, Maryland. Subject, how about them Cowboys? And David in his email (laughs) does not capitalize the word Cowboys. Writes David, about the Cowboys, yes, I am intentionally leaving them lowercase as I have no respect for them. (laughs) The story on Dak Prescott is the same as the story was for Tony Romo. They choke in big games, but the Dallas defense did not slow down the Packers. That's not Dak's fault. You may remember an earlier email in which I related a conversation that I had with a Dallas fan. It was his belief that Jerry Jones has created a circus atmosphere in Dallas, and by the time the end of the regular season comes, the team has lost all focus. The team starts out well, but by playoff time is a mess. I think that this will continue unless the Cowboys get a true disciplinarian as head coach. It is why, in my opinion, the Cowboys have not been back to an NFC championship game for nearly the same amount of time as Washington, though the Cowboys have been more successful 
during regular seasons. The Cowboys need another Jimmy Johnson to get them grounded. I also want to sound off on the commander's pursuit of a quarterback. I think that Sam Howell could be the guy in the right scheme and with a good offensive line. I am of the belief that if you have a young quarterback like Howell with a propensity for holding on to the ball, your scheme has to account for that. I don't think that dropping him back as much as the team did was smart. Also, I understood that Terry McLaurin and John Dodson were rated low in terms of separation. Finally, the win rate for pass protection indicated that the offensive line was perhaps not as bad as it seemed to be. All of this together tells me that the team needed a better scheme. But all of that said, the team should definitely draft a quarterback. Every team needs a quality backup. So if the commanders draft Drake May, they will have two quarterbacks who can play and who are on rookie contracts. I can't remember a time when we were set up to retool so quickly. Uh, Thank you for the email, David. Uh, What's funny to me with the Cowboys is that they, with Dak Prescott, are stuck in the exact same spot in which Tony Romo had them stuck. A quarterback who is good enough to get the team to the playoffs and is too good to just get rid of, but also a quarterback who is not great and who is not good enough to carry a team deep into the postseason. Like, in a perfect setting, could I see Dak quarterbacking the Cowboys to an NFC championship game? Yes, I could. But can I see Dak carrying the Cowboys to an NFC championship game or truly paving the way for the Cowboys to an NFC championship game? No, he has not shown himself to be that guy, but he is really good in the regular season. And so just moving on from him is dangerous because the Cowboys could do a lot worse than Dak Prescott. This really is quite the conundrum for the Cowboys. Dak is too good to be dumped but is not good enough to be great. Uh, As far as the commander's offensive line, I do want to note this. The commanders for the 2023 regular season finished 14th out of 32 NFL teams in ESPN's pass block win rate, which is based on player tracking data from the NFL's next-gen stats. Uh, Number 14 in the NFL, upper half of the NFL. Interestingly, the Commanders finished just 22nd in the NFL in ESPN's run block win rate. So for all of the people who wanted the Commanders to go with many more running plays this season, and even for someone like right guard Samuel Cosme, who the day after the team's season ended said that he believed that the team should have gone with more running plays this season. Well, the offensive line, objectively speaking, was a much better pass-blocking offensive line than the line was a run-blocking offensive line. I like Sam Howell. I know that a lot of you like Sam Howell, but the truth is that the bulk of his sack problem this season was on him, not the offensive line, which, yes, certainly can be better. Uh, This was not what you would call a good offensive line, but in terms of pass blocking, the line was good enough to where the starting quarterback for the 2023 regular season should not have taken an NFL worst 65 sacks as Sam did. Up next, the radio play-by-play voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein. We'll get to Bram after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, we all love the NFL and we all love pizza. So make Little Caesars part 
of your NFL game day. Little Caesars is the official pizza sponsor of the NFL. Order online during Little Caesars Pizza Pizza pregame, which is one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday. You can pick your favorite Little Caesars pizza. You can pick the toppings that you crave, kind of like picking NFL winners, only with Little Caesars pizza, you never lose. Uh, And Little Caesars offers convenient delivery, as well as the in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Little Caesars Pizza Pizza. Hey, please consider following the podcast if you're not already doing that. Following the podcast is free. If you have an iPhone, you can follow the podcast simply by tapping the plus sign in the upper right corner on the page listing the recent episodes of the podcast. Uh, The more that comes out about Commander's Managing Partner Josh Harris hiring San Francisco 49ers Assistant General Manager Adam Peters to run Commander's Football Operations as General Manager, the more that I like this. Uh, On Monday's show, episode 740 raved about Josh hiring Adam, both in terms of the process and the result. The process, of course, included Josh forming this advisory committee that includes former Golden State Warriors president of basketball operations and general manager Bob Myers and former Minnesota Vikings general manager Rick Spielman. Well, NFL insider Albert Breer of the MMQB in a piece that came out on Monday morning provided new details on the search that landed Adam Peters. Quote, the commander's process moved fast and really the wheel started turning a little over three weeks ago when former Golden State Warriors GM Bob Myers, who'd gone to work for Harris Blitzer Sports and Entertainment, reached out to former Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spielman and asked whether he'd come to my Miami to meet with new Commanders owner Josh Harris. Spielman's been living on Florida's Gulf Coast and is in Fort Lauderdale every weekend for his work at CBS. That made things easy on everyone. Spielman got there over the weekend of Week 16, and Harris told him that while no decision had been made on Coach Ron Rivera or his front office, he wanted to be ready to roll if the Commanders did move on. He invited Spielman to join Myers on his search committee, and as soon as Spielman accepted, asked the old GM to start doing background work to find a head of football operations and head coach. Two weeks later, the original list of 15 that Spielman worked off was whittled to five. Three days after that, 49ers assistant GM Adam Peters was aboard as new head of football ops. Spielman's work through the final two weeks of the season was done quietly. He made calls but didn't tell folks who he was working for, gathering information discreetly. The first round of interviews happened at Harris's offices in Miami. Each candidate spent two and a half hours with Spielman, then another two and a half hours with Harris and Myers. The group then reconvened to pick two finalists, Adam Peters and Ian Cunningham, then met with three of Harris's co-owners, Mitchell Rails, David Blitzer, and Magic Johnson, to get a consensus and finalize those two as the leaders who'd get 90-minute second interviews Thursday morning. After that, the larger group met one last time to pick Peters. It was close between the final two with Peters' 70 years of experience as a number two and the success his 49ers have had serving as a tiebreaker. Cunningham is in his second year as a top lieutenant. And while the Bears seem headed in the right direction, they're not there yet. End quote. Uh, Really good stuff right there and even more reason to be impressed with the well-planned and well-executed process that resulted in the commanders getting who I believe was their top target all along in this search for a new head of football operations, Adam Peters. Uh, Oh, by the way, Albert Breer in this piece also revealed that the commanders have interviewed Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald for the commander's head coaching job. Uh, We last Thursday had multiple reports that the commanders were to have conducted a virtual interview with Ravens assistant head coach slash defensive line coach Anthony Weaver for the commander's head coaching job. But now we know that Mike McDonald has interviewed for the job as well. Uh, Breer then in a post on X on Monday afternoon said that the commanders on Thursday will be interviewing Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn for the commander's 
head coaching job. And that report was confirmed by a friend of this podcast, Commander's Insider Ben Standing of The Athletic. Uh, I would prefer that the Commanders hire an offensive-minded head coach like Detroit Lions offensive coordinator Ben Johnson or Houston Texans offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick. But if the team is going to hire a defensive-minded head coach, uh, Mike McDonald would be the guy who I would want. Also, we on Monday afternoon had multiple reports that Adam Peters is signing a five-year contract with the Commanders, uh, wrote ESPN NFL insider Jeremy Fowler in a post on X on Monday afternoon. Quote, new Commanders general manager Adam Peters is signing a five-year deal with the franchise. Likely early this week, per sources, Peters will be official and expected to jump right into the coaching search. End quote. Uh, I am very pleased to welcome back to the Al Galdi podcast, Bram Weinstein. Uh, he just finished his fourth season as the radio play-by-play voice for Washington. He is the host of the Bram Weinstein Show on ESPN 630. He is the owner of the podcasting empire, Empire Media. Uh, you can follow Bram on X at RealBramW. Hey, Bram, how are you? What's up, Al? Good to talk to you. So I was thinking about this. You and I met in 1999, uh, what was the year that Dan Snyder bought the team. And here we are 25 years later, uh, and a lot has happened. A lot is changing. But uh, what is your reaction to the commanders hiring Adam Peters to run their football operations? So I think um, more than anything, they got their guy. Um, and I think it's a home run. It feels like it's a home run. The reaction around the league is it's a home run. And most of the people who, um, know about him and know what he's done as part of the build in San Francisco, let alone the places he had been beforehand. Um, he's been part of winning organizations and everyone feels like that he is uber prepared and ready for this. And, you know, I think the other thing that kind of stands out and this is similar to Dan Snyder, actually, um, they, on their first like move, have shown that they're capable of getting a deal done with their guy, and I think that is important. You know, like you want your owners one to be invested in you know trying to win, two being able to get deals done. Um, there was interest in him around the league. I don't know how much interest he had in going to other places, frankly. So they sold him on a vision here. Um, he left a really good place that he's in. He does get a job that I'm sure he desired. He gets full control. And at the same time, this team was able to get a deal done very quickly with him. So I think that's all very good signs. Given that it does now seem that Adam Peters was the commander's target all along, and we know that he and Bob Myers know each other well, is it accurate to say that a major reason, perhaps even the main reason, that Josh Harris hired Bob Myers uh, for this advisory committee was to recruit Adam Peters? I mean, it's a little too on the nose, you know, so it's hard not to think that there's some, you know, I, I don't know. I can't answer that directly because I've never met Bob Myers and, and I don't know. But like, you know, Magic Johnson is part of an ownership group. There's a really good there's a lot of good reasons to have Magic Johnson as part of an ownership group. One of them, and it might not be the most important one, is he already does business in Prince George's County, Maryland, which think about what the future of the franchise is and the types of deals they need to do in communities, especially for a stadium or a business development park, which just opened in College Park, or a new practice facility, or all those things that need to happen. So Magic is not just you know an extremely famous, extremely successful person. He's someone who's already worked in this community you know, as a business leader. Bob Myers knows this particular person, so it feels like that there's a connection there. Rick Spielman's part of an advisory committee and Rick Spielman's brother works with Ben Johnson. So that feels a little too on the nose, doesn't it? You know, so, and I don't have any problem with this. Like he's surrounding himself, Josh Harris and this ownership group with successful people. These successful people, if they can help him come to the right decisions and land the right people, there's nothing wrong with any of that. This is all positive. We still are so early into Josh Harris's ownership of the commanders, but what so far seems to be the case is smart guy, highly successful guy, but also a guy who knows what he does not know uh, and isn't insecure <laughs> to where he won't admit what he does not know and isn't shy about hiring good people who perhaps know more than he knows. Uh, a big departure <laughs> from uh, what we had with Dan Snyder. 
Extremely. Uh, I mean, think about when we met and we start talking about Dan Snyder and the people he surrounded himself with making the decisions that he made. Albeit, like, it's hard when you go back and you think about it. Like, is it like, do you have an issue when they hired Marty Schottenheimer? No. How they handled it was terrible. Do you have an issue when they first hired Steve Spurrier? Probably not. That didn't go very well. But like, could you really argue that when it happened? Or especially Joe Gibbs or Mike Shanahan? Not really. But the infrastructure around it um, was always not like this. Not a best of the best, brightest minds, advisory committee. Let's come to the right decisions together. Um, Here people have done it at the highest level. Um, Maybe not in this sport specifically, but they've done it at the highest level. You know, I just think this is a completely different feeling about what's going on here. And also, like, I do want to point out, like, you know, obviously this particular ownership group and this, you know, head of this ownership group, if you were questioning, not that I don't think anybody was after they bought beers at everybody at a bar and, and are just like trying to throw a parade, you know, people want to throw a parade for them because they clearly care about the franchise. Just remember, like they spent $6 billion on a distressed property knowing that they were going to have to spend hundreds of millions more immediately. When they walked in the door, they're going to get a new head coach. They're going to get a new you know, head of football operations at whatever cost that is. They have $90 million in cap space. They have half a roster to fill out. They have to go talk to a lot of lobbyists about a lot of different ideas for stadiums, and they have to get a stadium done, and I don't know what that's going to cost them. And then they're going to have to fix or replace a practice facility. They are putting their money where their mouth is. I mean, big time here early, and it's just starting. And that, of course, is a big part of the excitement with the commanders right now. Another thing that has struck me with the team hiring Adam Peters is it kills this idea that Josh Harris during the regular season was too passive and not doing more like, say, firing head coach Rod Rivera in season. Because what is clear now is that Josh during the regular season was mapping out the offseason and was putting together this all-out attack on revamping football operations, an attack that at least so far has been what he said at his press conference on January 8th, uh, rapid but thorough. Yeah, it is. And I also, I mean, I would say this too, like he made a promise that he would allow this season to play out and he kept it. You know, there are other, like, I'm sure that like by the middle of the season, like the rest of us, and he kind of acknowledged that in the press conference he did last week that, you know, he didn't like what was going on either, that an eight-game losing streak is not acceptable, that you have to control your emotions for a minute and not do something rash. And he made it very clear to all of us that were in and around the franchise that Ron Rivera was safe for a season, that he was going to basically audition to remain the head coach. Now, what you just like kind of pointed out, getting Adam Peters done and mapping it out early, I agree with you. Like, I don't know. Well, I think that I think they know who they'd like to try to acquire to get as their head coach. But they knew all along. I knew all along. There was no way Ron Rivera was going to keep the her personnel control of the team. What he was auditioning for the whole time was to remain the head coach of the team. And had they gone eleven and six and been playing this weekend, you know, I think there would have been a case to be made. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So. We knew, you know, probably a little earlier in the offseason what was definitively going to happen. They were always going to get a new president of football operations, general manager, whatever you're going to call him. That was going to run personnel. In all likelihood, that person was going to hire a new head coach. But they left open the possibility with Rivera under contract and the team had played hard for him in the past that he may prove that he should remain the lead voice in the locker room. And that obviously didn't happen. So circling Adam Peters... Wanting him to be in this position, I'm sure that that's the Ducks have been in a row for a while, which is why it was able to happen very quickly. What you don't know is in the end, will he take the job? And he did. Now the coaching thing um, is different. Like there's going to be a level of interest that I think who their number one or number two candidates are going to be. You know who they are. They are coordinators on successful franchises right now. And you know, will they take the job? Will demands be met for salary? How does someone like David Tepper, who seems to throw so much money, you know, and overspend for people factor into something like this? So I I think they're going to get their guy here too, but that one needs to play out because of rules in the NFL. And, you know, the same thing I would say about Adam Peters in the end, the one thing I don't know, whether I do know they wanted him, 
the one thing I don't know is, does he want them and does he, in the end, want the job? And that's, that's the part that I don't know at this point. Much more with Bram Weinstein in moments. We're going to next get into the commander's head coaching search, but uh, no need to search for a law firm if you have been harmed by the negligence of someone else or if someone who you care about has been harmed by the negligence of someone else. Always know that the law firm of Paulson and Nace is there for you. You don't need an advisory committee (laughs) to tell you that. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm dedicated to promoting the rights of seriously injured persons and their families. In your and your family's greatest time of need, Paulson and Nace is there for you. Paulson and Nace handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace is widely respected throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia for the firm's accomplishments both in and out of courtrooms. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of U.S. News and World Report's Best Law Firm's 2024 edition. And Chris Nace and Matt Nace specifically are dedicated and decorated trial attorneys. Chris Nace in May was named the 2023 Barry J. Nace Trial Lawyer of the Year. This by the D.C. Trial Lawyers Association. Chris in July was elected as the Parliamentarian of the American Association for Justice. And both Chris and Matt Nace in August were recognized by Best Lawyers in America for 2024. Why the accolades? Well, Paulson and Nace fights for you. Paulson and Nace does not accept low settlement offers that benefit the people who cause clients harm more than the offers benefit the clients. This is because Paulson and Nace is not afraid to take a case to trial. And that's because Paulson and Nace wins trials. Paulson and Nace has secured millions of dollars in verdict and settlement amounts for clients to better enable them to care for themselves and their families. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You could also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Just make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, if you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. More now with the radio play-by-play voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein. Uh, So the head coaching search, will the hire simply be who Adam Peters wants, or will the hire more be what Adam Peters and Josh Harris want? I think it's both, um, but I do think, obviously, you know, the... a functional football operation allows its head of football operation to select a head coach. This has always felt like, and probably, you know, is probably heading this way, the Lynch Shanahan model. I mean, they're going to go in hand in hand. They work together, but they have defined roles. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan has a lot of say in personnel, but Adam Peters and John Lynch have lived that part that they do that. And Kyle coaches the team. Um, I feel like that that's what's going to happen here. And that's why I firmly believe Ben Johnson's probably going to be the next head coach of this team if he wants the job. And if someone doesn't offer him something he can't refuse and he makes, you know, I, I don't know him. That's the part of all this. I don't know him. I don't know what his salary demand is. I don't know what he'll be offered elsewhere. There will be interest. Um, but it does feel like it's almost too perfect that that's exactly what the pairing is going to be. Whether it works out for the team being good, I mean, like, there's no way to know that. But I just, you know, considering where we were and what this structure is and what the people that they're bringing in and what their reputations are, um, it just feels like that we're off on the right start. And and it doesn't feel like this is a wayward franchise that kind of can't get out of its own way. No, it does not. Is Bram Weinstein all in on Ben Johnson being the commander's next head coach as so many others are? Uh, I'm open to There's a lot of candidates that I really like. I do like the, I, but I do want that, that, um, like that personality of coach. Like I'm not interested. We're not getting Bill Belichick, but I wasn't in, it's crazy. Whatever he says, I don't want Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. Oh, I don't want him. I just don't think we're in the right place at the right time for that. And, and that's all like if Bill Belichick was retiring and wanted to join our, you know, 
melding of the minds of greatness to, to join the advisory committee or be part of the ownership group, I'd be like, that's awesome. You know, like that, that would be incredible, but he wants to coach and I just don't think it's right time or right place for him. Um, I would talk to Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I, he's just won too much everywhere. Um, I don't feel like, you know, that that's exactly the fit because again, this is someone who probably would want a lot more. I would think a lot more say, in the other part of the building that Adam Peters would control. And therefore it doesn't feel like the right fit exactly. But if I was in the ownership group, I would at least talk to him. He's just one too much at too many places and knows what he's doing. Um, and then, so, but I, I, I don't think he's the one and, and I don't want Mike Vrabel. I think he's already made it very clear. He wants say and personnel of things. I just don't think that that's, and I believe he's a really good coach too. So I want somebody who falls under the category of what Ben Johnson is either a first or second time head coach, someone who's going to be the coach. Um, because we have the number two overall pick, I'm leaning more towards wanting an offensive-minded coach just because it's pretty darn clear we're going to pick a quarterback early. I don't need Adam Peters to tell me that's what they're going to do. Obviously, that's what they're going to do. Um, so I feel like that is the direction to go, but I am also very open to beating Mike McDonald from the Ravens, Anthony Weaver from the Ravens. And if I was going to go for a second go around, I know what the reputation of Raheem Morris is. So I want to talk to him too. Those are the four that really stand out. Johnson and McDonald, um, maybe a touch higher on that list than the other two. Uh, maybe not. I would say Johnson, Raheem Morris, and then the other two is, is kind of in my rankings. Adam Peters has the official title of general manager and, we believe, is in charge of commander's football operations. Uh, Assuming that that is the case, uh, the commanders are not going with the front office setup of a head of football operations, followed by a GM, followed by a head coach. Uh, Peters being in charge of the team's football operations, but having the title of GM would mean that the team is going to have a two-person approach to running things, as opposed to the three-person approach that had been talked about a good bit. Any surprise? Yeah, I'm a little, I'm surprised. Yes. Uh, Yes. To answer your question, yes. Um, Maybe there is a person who is going to be hired who is going to be, I don't know if above him would be the right way to put it. Like in Chicago, Kevin Warren is the president of the team, you know, and like, and so he technically is above Ryan Poles, the general manager, but Ryan Poles clearly makes all of the football decisions. So an executive like that, who's not really day in, day out, you know, scouting, finding, you know, players on the street, like building a roster, you know, for lack of a better term, I still could see a role for that person. And so maybe this is just the, he's in charge of like literally building our roster and what the product will be on the football field for the coach. There may still be, I I don't know this for sure, but I still think there may be a, a secondary executive leadership type role for someone on the football side of the building. But I guess we'll wait to see if that happens. The Commanders on October 26th announced the hiring of Eugene Shen as the team's senior vice president of football strategy. Uh, He is in charge of Commanders analytics. Uh, How do you view his role in the new front office setup? Uh, Well, this team has promised to be analytics driven. They're they're following through on that. Um, Again, I think his hiring just goes back to something we talked about earlier, which was Ron Rivera was never going to retain control of the personnel of the team. And that that shift had already started early and kind of to your point, they had started this process of finding who was going to reshape the roster earlier than I think people were kind of talking about it. And Shen was the first time that they, or the hiring of him was the first time that they essentially publicly admitted it and put somebody out there. I mean, you know, if you ask the coaches, you know, I think Chase Young was going to be traded either way um, for a lot of reasons, and mainly because of his long-term health. I mean, that, and and as you could probably see in San Francisco, like his performance and numbers are really not much different than they are here. I think it's it's just because of his health, and it's just unfortunate. But if you ask the coaches, do you want to trade Montez Sweat? Uh, they would tell you they didn't. You know, and that deal was done um, partially because of the value they got back in return. Um, would Ron Rivera have looked at it that way if it was his decision alone? Probably not. You know, probably not. Uh, but Eugene Shen, it was the first time that the owners and the analytics department who weigh these types of decision making, whether it's on the field or off the field or roster building, 
that's where the first time we saw that happen. So I would describe that as the first time that the owners put their fingers on the scales by hiring someone who's going to make them think this way about certain players. And um, so, yeah, I mean, like that to me was the all time sign of things are changing around here. Like Ron's not keeping that half of the building. Like he didn't hire this person. The owners did. And they, they needed to because they had decisions to make about prominent players and they wanted the new thinking to start weighing in on it. You mentioned the commanders with the number two overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft, likely taking a quarterback. Do you want the team being open to trading up to number one, if that is a possibility in order to take the quarterback who they like best? Uh, I would do, I would go after your guy. Um, I, I believe you go after who you think that person is. If they end up thinking it's Drake May and they can just sit there at two, uh, all's well that ends well. You lose nothing and you get the guy. Um, if it is Caleb Williams, and, and I'm obviously very intrigued by him, and you know, if you think he can be a special player and he could be a Pat Mahomes, then I think you exhaust all options to try to acquire him. So I think that we are a perfect trade partner with the Chicago Bears if that's where they land. They can drop back literally one spot, take whoever it is they want, and probably get another first-round pick out of us. Um, so I would like to think that there's possibility of that happening. This is, of course, you know, I have literally never spoken to Adam Peters and have no idea what his thinking is on this type of stuff, so that's just me guessing. But I watched uh, Caleb Williams play in college, and I liked what I saw. <laughs> I think a lot of us did. Um, you know, I think it's a weird conversation to have, like, is it good or bad for him to come home? to play because that's what that would be and you know I think only he could answer that whether he would want the challenge of playing in front of his hometown team and being you know perceived as a savior and he having grown up here he knows we've been looking for a quarterback since Sonny Jurgensen and Joe Theismann so he's not he's going to be fully aware of that he also knows that like while a lot of pressure is going to be put on this new ownership group this new general manager and the eventual new head coach all the real pressure goes on the quarterback especially if you're the number one pick um, you're the one that has to deliver. So I don't know how he feels about that, but like, I like the options. I think they're taking a quarterback, but I do believe in if You think this is your guy. You exhaust all options to try to acquire him. Um, totally with you on that. Uh, interior defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen. Uh, he, this season had an at best so-so season. He, this season also was, uh, not shy about expressing his frustration with the situation. He at one point expressed an openness to being traded. Uh, he did that on the Sports Junkies on 106.7 The Fan this past December 4th. Uh, personally, I was disappointed, uh, not just with John's play this season, but also him talking as he did. He was a captain on this team. He, to me, should have shown a lot more leadership instead of this uh, woe is me stuff. But, you know, he has no guaranteed money left on his contract. What do you think is John Allen's future? with the commanders. So that's another really good first question for Adam Peters. Um, his contract hits right now at the time where you would decide whether to really extend and lower his cap hit, um, or move on really. I mean, that, that's, that's just contractually where he is coming into the season in the first place. Um, you know, that's not the case, not that I want to do this with Terry McLaurin, but that's not the case with McLaurin. If you go look at his contract, this is not the year to do something like that with him. I want Terry to be here for the rest of his career. So, I mean, but I'm just pointing out as an example of business-wise, you're supposed to do this anyway right now um, because his dead cap money is actually semi-limited and you could probably get a good asset. But if you want to move forward with him, the time is now to actually do that and extend and lower the cap yet. Um, I'm with you. I was a little surprised and a little disappointed in some of the things he publicly said along the way. Um, he did not have the type of year that he has had previously. He was not the impact player that he was on the field because I'd understand his frustration if he had 12 sacks, um, but that did not happen this year. I do think some of it, in fairness to him, was he had plantar fasciitis in the summer. He had a knee injury throughout the year. He had a foot injury by the end, so he played hurt. I mean, a lot of guys do, but he did. So in fairness to him, he played hurt. How marginalized was he? I don't know. Like, they never really, you know, it's a football team. They'll never tell you exactly if they're not out-out. Um, but he was hurt a little bit, so I want to be fair to him. Um, but I agree that I think more than anything, I'd want to sit down and talk to him and ask him if he wants to be here. And if the answer is, I'm not sure that I'm trading him. Like, you either want to be here or you don't. Um, you know, I, I heard there's a, there's a, 
a great saying Mike Tomlin said once I love and I use all the time. He says, we don't have hostages here. We have volunteers. So if you don't want to be here, um, we will move you because you're valuable. and We'll get something for you. And I'm open to that. Um, I don't know where you are on that. If he says, I was just really frustrated. I had a year where I had a bunch of injuries. I'm feeling a lot better now. I want to work with you to get a contract that helps you and the team, and I want to be here and moving forward. Great. Go get your helmet. Go back in the locker room. See you at OTAs. That's how I feel about it. I have no problem with that, but I do think that Adam Peters should be open to trading any player on this team. I don't think that Peters should be wedded to any player on this team. Uh, final question. Are you surprised by just how bad the commanders were this season could not have convinced me the year was going to go like this at all. I don't know how you go from the number three defense, use your top two draft picks on defensive players and get so worse that you had the worst year in since the Super Bowl era on defense. Like I, you, you couldn't have convinced me that was going to happen. They hadn't traded Montez Sweat and Chase Young yet. You know, like they had those four guys, like they have holes like anybody but not enough to have the performance that they did. The story to me is the defense. I don't know what happened there. Like that is, and maybe that's part of the frustration that we heard from Allen, you know, is that whatever was happening, clearly they were not on the same page. Now I will say this, like going in, and I believe in setups and they matter every year that some of these decisions that are made really, really matter. I don't think you can have as many players on expiring contracts as they did going into the season. It's a tinderbox. If things don't go particularly well, and if there's one thing we know about Rivera's teams in the past, they start slow, you know, but they always steal themselves and come back. Well, this one didn't. This one went haywire early. And I think that that's part of it. I don't think you can have that many people wondering about their future at the same time because then agents get involved and they start asking you that you got to, you need to do what's right for you. You got to do like, don't listen to this person, do this, do that. And it just gets out of control. And then the other thing that I think hurt him this year was I have no issue with the hiring of Eric the enemy. I thought it was a good hire. I do think he's a very good coach. Like I think he's a very hard coach. We all knew by reputation alone and what I saw in the spring, not everybody was going to love it. Like that was clear. But, you know, okay, fine. He's installing a new offense. I don't know how you question this guy. He's coached the Chiefs. They've been in the Super Bowl over and over. And you guys haven't won anything, so shouldn't you be listening to him, right? Right. Fine. Well, there has to be collaboration at some point, right? The players need to be able to go back and say something. And when it's not being heard because it's my way or the highway, they then go to the head coach who's listened to them and been an advocate for them. And they've played really hard for them. And he said, go talk to that guy. So he removed himself and absconded the responsibility of being the literal voice of the team and the head coach. And if there's anything I learned about Ron through the four years was his best quality was his players played hard for him. He may not have been the best tactician. He certainly was not the best roster builder. You know, like there's a, there was not the best in-game manager. There was a lot of that stuff. But you know what? In the middle of the season, when push came to shove, his team showed up and this team became a tiger. Like they were tough. Well, that didn't happen this year. Why didn't that happen this year? Maybe because he took his hand off the wheel and wasn't the voice of authority in the room, which was his best quality. So I could see this happen, not like this, not to the point where they have worst defense in the league by far, worst since the Super Bowl era, like all of that. So I never thought it would be this bad, but the makings of it going the wrong way were kind of there. And I think we can both agree coming in. That wasn't a Super Bowl roster they put out on the field anyway. So things were going to have to go right for them to get to double-digit wins. I thought they'd go like like they had in the first few years. I thought they'd be like in the playoff hunt in December, tough schedule. They win a couple of those games, you know, beat the Jets because Aaron Rodgers got hurt. Then all of a sudden they're 9-8 and eight and they're playing this weekend. That's what I thought the outcome would be. Great point about Ron Rivera, the radio play-by-play voice of the Commanders, Bram Weinstein. Uh, Bram, thank you and all the best to you. All right. Thanks, Al. All right. Good stuff from Bram Weinstein. Such a big offseason for the Commanders. Uh, So much is happening. Make sure that you're listening to this podcast. And if you're on Instagram, make sure that you're following at WSH on the daily. WSH on the daily. It just started in 2021. It yet has nearly 24 and a half 
thousand followers and is literally daily. The page is updated every day. News notes, reports, photos, graphics, uh, all kinds of good content lately on Adam Peters and on the Commander's Head Coaching Search. Uh, WSH on the Daily is a page that properly sources and vets its news and information, doesn't just post anything that anyone says. Uh, WSH on the Daily is a great place at which you can converse with other Commander's fans regarding the team, the draft, free agency, and trades. Uh, WSH on the Daily responds to every single DM. Uh, WSH on the Daily is a page at which you can have fun, including the contest Name That Redskin and Free Wallpaper Wednesday. And WSH on the Daily always has a great fresh look. If you're on Instagram, check out at WSH on the Daily. And check out at WSH on the Daily's online shop, WSHonthedaily.com. Some outstanding gear, shirts, hoodies, excellent material, modern look, and the clothes come with all kinds of looks. Uh, Some of the more popular shirts are those with the phrase, fight for old DC. For smart, informative, fun, and engaging Commander's content, check out at WSH on the Daily on Instagram. And for great merch, visit WSHonthedaily.com. Well, on Monday afternoon had the Wizards annual home game on the afternoon of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And what a matchup (laughs) this was. The Wizards home to the Detroit Pistons Monday afternoon at three in a battle of two of the three worst teams in the NBA this regular season and a battle of the two worst teams in the Eastern Conference this regular season. Uh, the Wizards came into the game 7-31. and 31. The Pistons came into the game an NBA worst 3-36. and 36. Uh, I'm not sure if <laughs> Dr. King was honored or horrified uh, by this game happening on his day, but anyway, the Wizards lost the game. Yes, the Wizards lost to the NBA worst Pistons. So the Wizards fell to 7-32 and 32 in this NBA regular season with a 129-117 loss to the NBA worst Pistons at Capital One Arena on Monday afternoon. So the Wizards went from winning at the Atlanta Hawks by 28 points on Saturday night to losing at home to the NBA worst Pistons by 12 points on Monday afternoon. We have a saying. For that, uh, Stephen A. Smith, if you would. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, thank you. Uh, the Wizards in this game trailed for the entire fourth quarter. Uh, they did lose Daniel Gafford. Uh, he took a shot to the head and thus played for just 26 minutes, 11 seconds. Uh, also, Denny Avdia missed some time in the game due to an issue with a thumb. Uh, but the Wizards' defense was horrible. Uh, this was one of these uh, no-show defensive performances by the Wizards. Uh, They allowed the Pistons to score 129 points. The Wizards allowed the Pistons to go 12-31 on threes. The Wizards allowed the Pistons to score 60 points in the paint and go 30-44 in the paint. The Wizards got shredded by 6'5", Alec Burks, who in 28-37 off the bench, went 8 of 12 on threes, three of five on twos, and four of four on free throws, and finished with 34 points, two assists versus one turnover, and two rebounds. Uh, Speaking of rebounds, uh, the Wizards got out-rebounded by the Pistons, 52-33. The Wizards allowed 6'10", Jalen Duren, in just 26 minutes, one second, as a starter to have 19 rebounds. He also went 8 of 8 from the field, all twos and 4 of 5 on free throws, and also finished with 20 points and 4 assists versus 2 turnovers. Uh, Also, the Wizards had just 11 free throw attempts to the Pistons, 23. Uh, The Wizards went 10 of 11 
on free throws. The Pistons went 17 of 23 on free throws. Uh, Now, the Wizards' offense in this game was good. Uh, They scored 117 points, went 19 of 41 on threes, Uh, did go just 25 of 54 on twos, but the Wizards had 30 assists versus just eight turnovers. The Wizards lost despite committing just eight turnovers to the Pistons' 16 and having 21 points off turnovers to the Pistons' 11. Uh, here was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his postgame press conference on Monday evening, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Wizards insider Chase Hughes of Monumental Sports Network. Well, there was a you know disadvantage on the glass, of course, but you know I just think um, you know, we didn't have the same energy, that same defensive disposition as the other night. Not in it, in totality. We had it in stretches, um, but uh, obviously Gaff getting hurt. You know that. that Put us at a deficit, and then he missed about six minutes in that window. Forced to downsize a little bit, so I think we were off kilter offensively as well uh, with Kuz at five. Not something that we've done a ton of this year, but um, give them credit. You know, they, they played well. They, they defended, uh, shot the ball well. So, um, you know, to their to their credit, they, uh, they deserve to win that game. How is Gaff doing? And you mentioned Denny. It looked like maybe his hand. Yeah, I think he's just thumb. I don't think it's anything substantial. Just got it caught in a jersey. Um, and, and tweaked it there. Uh, Gaff um, took a shot to the head, so just being evaluated. All right. Well, hopefully Daniel Gafford is doing all right. Uh, one individual performance of note for the Wizards, point guard Tyus Jones. Uh, he, in 31 minutes, 11 seconds as a starter, went 4 of 10 on threes and 5 of 9 on twos and finished with 22 points, 7 assists versus no turnovers and 6 rebounds, including 2 offensive boards. Uh, Tyus Jones is on an expiring contract. Tyus Jones absolutely should be traded uh, by our tanking Wizards prior to the NBA trade deadline on February 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Next up for the Wizards at the New York Knicks Thursday night at 7.30. Well, underdog fantasy is great, not just for football, but also for basketball. Uh, Just correctly pick whether certain players and games will go higher or lower given totals, and you win. Uh, Underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports, and it has a special offer for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI and to make a first deposit of at least $10. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use that promo code GALDI. Underdog Fantasy also offers season-long fantasy with a zero-stress scenario of no waivers, no trades, even no lineup setting. We all know that playing fantasy sports can be ultra-time-consuming. Well, Underdog Fantasy removes the time consumption but keeps the fun and the potential to win money and take advantage of the free money. If you sign up now with the promo code GALDI, my last name, G-A-L-D-I, GALDI, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit with up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of at least $10. So in other words, if you deposit $100, you get $100 for free. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code GALDI. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app and use the promo code GALDI. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and must be present in a state in which Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on X at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 742. We'll include a lot for you on the Commanders. In-depth reaction to the introductory press conference for Commanders General Manager Adam Peters. Also on Wednesday's show, we'll talk Capitals. The Caps are home to the Anaheim Ducks Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.